Hi, everyone. Welcome to the East Cabra podcast. I'm Cynthia Rosso, publisher and founder of the East Cabra magazine. Many of you may be familiar with the East Cabra magazine, and this podcast is a new way to deliver info and insights to my fellow East Cabras. Joining me today is Jerrica Richardson, the newly elected Cobb County Commissioner for District 2, which encompasses East Cobb County. So, first thing is, tell us about yourself, your family, where you from, how long have you lived in East Cobb? I have so many questions about you. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, 15 years in the East Cobb area. Um, I came up in 2005, I was 16 at the time with my family, my parents, my br two brothers. And it was with, I, I'm originally from New Orleans. I came up with Hurricane Katrina. Um, so I don't know if you remember at that time, but there was a lot of chaos, <laughs> yeah. but also a lot of fear and uncertainty. And one of the byproducts of fear and uncertainty is that people say things they don't necessarily mean to say. Um, there's there's, it's hard sometimes to figure out the best solutions. Um, there are just a lot of issues that come up whenever there's fear and uncertainty, just like we experience with the pandemic when there's fear and uncertainty. <laughs> it's very difficult for people to move along and, and feel secure and feel safe in their, in their area. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the most important les lessons I learned was during that period of time. And when people started to see images of what was taking place in New Orleans flash across the screen, they felt something and they felt empathy. And so a lot of uh, people decided to open up their homes, open up their doors, um, their hearts. <laughs> and we were the recipient of part of that transition where uh, my mother's job actually um, had a branch located in Sandy Springs. And so they, they brought her in, they hired her and adopted our family. <laughs> oh. um, they offered, yeah, they offered to pay $1,000 of rent for the first six months, and we actually settled right across the street from the avenue um, off of Hampton Chase, and yeah. so that's what became home, and that's how, how I talk about home. Um, it's the people that you meet. It's the relationships that you build. It's the school you go to, the businesses that you frequent. All of those things define home, and whenever, like I said, there's fear and uncertainty, it takes away from our ability to feel at home. And so my whole campaign was around connecting COP, that I believe empathy is one of the most important ingredients to accomplishing anything, to overcoming any challenge. And we know that Cobb County is changing. There are major decisions at play. In a lot of respects, the community doesn't always feel like they're a part of those decisions. So I'm looking to bring a big dose of empathy for our communities and help us get connected so that we can overcome anything that's put before us. We can be proactive, we can be passionate, and we can be practical about solving our, our problems. So, yeah. Did your I, message I, get across to everybody? I mean, I was kind of curious, how was campaigning during COVID? It's interesting. <laughs> Everything is is digital. Um, we we when the pandemic occurred, we announced that we were switching all of our campaign activities to digital. Um, and you know, having a background in technology, I went to Georgia Tech, biomedical engineering, uh, pre med, pre law, and 
also became a software engineer, full stack engineer, and now I do program management for transformation efforts at Equifax um, and a few other things as well. But um, the biggest thing is that, you know, with the technology background, going digital was not that complex <laughs> for me and really just making sure that the team, we were steering the ship in that way. So all of our town halls became virtual town halls. All of the canvassing efforts became drop door, um, just drop uh, lit drops where we would go to the doors and put the door hangers on the doors. All of our outreach became, phone banking stayed the same, text banking was similar. And then the hardest part is, of course, reaching people that are normally not reached um, by different, you know, whenever there's a campaign, Democrats tend to talk to other Democrats and Republicans tend to talk to all Republicans. Mm -hmm. And so um, we really focused on building organizational relationships so that that outreach could be more relationship oriented as opposed to just you saw an ad somewhere. Everyone that came in contact with our campaign we tried to develop a personal relationship with that individual so that you were personally invested in what was taking place because I like to walk the walk, right? If I'm talking about connected Cobb and empathy and building relationships, well, that's what we did with our campaign. And so while, you know, people, there, there was still a lot of party line voting. I do think that those that were able to engage with our message at least began to feel something and um, had a chance to continue that relationship. And I was very, very transparent with where I stood on the issues. Um, but with what I share with others is while I'm very opinionated and I have reasons for why my opinion is, um, I write things in pencil. I'm always happy to listen uh, because I don't, I haven't lived everyone's life. I have not lived everyone's experience or in everyone's house. Um, I have not worked every job. So I really rely on new perspectives coming to the table so that we can build things that make sense, that move us forward and don't have unintended consequences. I don't know, I call that real representation, so. Well, you said that you, you settled across from the avenue, so did you go to Walton High School? I did not, so I was 16 at the time, and when we first came here, we were in hotels. <laughs> uh, we, another friend of my mother's let us stay there, and. Um, it was actually in College Park where her house was. And so she told us about this school, this magnet school that her child had attended because I was noted as being gifted in music and in art and also math and science. Mm -hmm. And so my parents were looking for something to create a sense of normalcy for me. Um, and they found this school called North Springs, which had a magnet program for math and science and, arts and, music, and art and music and dance. Um, so I went to North Springs and, but my brothers <laughs> wound up going through the Mount Bethel Dickerson Walton track. So I was pretty familiar with all of those uh, pieces, but North Springs is in Sandy Springs. It's not very far, um, from East Cobb. It's just, they had a, because it was a magnet program, they had this like connection with the South, uh, Southwestern Atlanta and were able to bring kids up from there. So yeah, very interesting time. And so being a junior and going through Katrina, there was a lot of stuff that I was working on prior to Hurricane Katrina as well. It was a theory that I was putting forward on this new invention that could actually prevent potent hurricanes. <laughs> um, all of that kind of got wiped away. And so 
my parents weren't looking to have me transition yet again from the school I was attending to this new school to then transition to Walton for one year. Right. So they had me stay in graduate at Springs. Okay. And what made you decide to run for commissioner? Run for, run for anything, at all, but why this specific um, yeah. elected office? Yeah, I mean, the joke is, is what makes anyone run, right? <laughs> it's, a, a, it's a crazy endeavor. You're putting yourself out there. Um, but yeah, I, I share the story. I, I, it was my first time running, but I'm not new to politics. I've always been politically attuned um, because of the influence that politics has over our communities. And yeah, I share that my first interest was peaked when the Twin Towers fell, 9-11. I was in sixth grade. And um, just watching all of the downstream impacts of that, you know, not to mention just the heartbreak of seeing that happen. And then what it meant from a, from a foreign policy aspect, from a, you know, how we corresponded with each other within our families, with friends, with people that live in our neighborhoods. There were a lot, it was a mixed bag, honestly. Um, and so I began to study a lot about policy and wars and, you know, everything, honestly, and, and just the historical precedence that was uh, being uh, established with regards to how we were approaching um, dealing with some of those issues. And as I got older, I guess it just out of pure appreciation of uh, politics and the influence that it has on our community, obviously, uh, the theory I was working on, I wrote the letter to our local representatives and to our uh, one of our state senators as well to just like, try to get the extra interest because it would have, you know, at that time, global warming was a big topic. If you can remember around uh, 2004, 2003, I'd say between 2000 and 2004, um, global warming was at its peak in terms of a conversation, a dialogue that we were having nationally. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I, I thought, why not leverage that dialogue for this, <laughs> for this idea, because it would have an impact on our, on our, on our environment. Um, and so then once I arrived here in Atlanta, when I, I actually was pursuing, I pursued a music career at night when I wasn't studying engineering. <laughs> Do you sing? You can sing? I, yeah, I was trained in opera. Oh, wow. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I sing and I write. Um, and people say, do you, well, what do you play? And I'm like, just the vocal cords, just the vocal cords. Mm -hmm. um, but point is, yes, I, I ran into a lot of elected officials in the area and um, a lot of them became mentors. Got a chance to get very up close to how some of the things happen, how it moves. Um, and then one of my mentors decided to run for mayor of Atlanta and sent me to this little boot camp so that I could get my chops and really understanding strategy when it, with regards to campaigns, et cetera. And while I was at that session, um, ran across two people that are now representing us, and I know that it's out there, but Dr. Jaha Howard and Eric Allen. Um, so I got a chance to meet them along with some other um, individuals. And at this point in time, they were just interested in running. <laughs> and um, yeah, I guess I made an impression, but you know, they both asked me to be a part of their campaign in some way. And so um, with Jaha, I decided to run his, when he ran for state Senate, I ran his first campaign um, for state Senate, which was uh, quite a feat. Uh, we did not win. 
he 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 ran for state senate you said mm -hmm. yeah so he's currently a school board member um and he's garnering quite a bit of <laughs> local press because at this point he's um i mean yeah he, he's garnered quite a bit of local press for himself okay so but. he he ran for state senate and now and then he also ran for the school board yes right okay so he he's the one who knelt before the didn't he didn't he kneel during uh exactly. violence at the school board meeting? yeah <laughs> okay and then who was yeah he, he did he volunteered for you so i worked for eric allen who what's that what's the name of the other candidate for eric allen i ran eric allen's and eric, eric allen wanted was running for what office state house state house and did he win well he won his third i didn't run his first or second i ran his third okay. <laughs> and he won his third um time so uh and then i i did run dr howard's school board race his his um he ran for state senate twice uh, I ran the first one, but not the second. Someone else ran the second campaign, and then he ran for school board and won that one. And then Eric Allen um, Tyson won his Marshall. Tyson Marshall, please come to the front office. Tyson Marshall. All right, I never. I just know him as Dr. Howard. He's a dentist, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that got you involved, yep. and did you get kind of a bug for running? Or you saw how hard it is. Um, a lot of people would say, forget this. Uh, it's nice to be behind this. Yeah. Really, to put you put yourself out there takes a lot of courage, too. Yeah, um, well, I was appointed to the SPLOS Oversight Committee for our school board okay. and had a chance to witness <laughs> how much bureaucracy can get in the way of our community, um, but also just how disconnected some of our leadership is. That there is um, sometimes our school board members are not respected by board of commissioners and vice versa. And that causes issues. Uh, it means that things cost more when it comes down to getting projects done. It means that there is not enough due diligence done. Um, it gets in the way of execution for projects. So that was one example. Another was just the downstream impacts for some of the assumptions that were being made. So this is where representation has a tangible output. So when we think about, you know, oh, well, does it really matter that um, a government, you know, outwardly represents its community? And it only does in the sense of are different perspectives being represented? Because if you don't have different perspectives, then it's very difficult to ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. And if you don't ask the right questions, <laughs> a lot of people miss out on things. Um, so yeah, we had an example, I have an example that I usually share, but I'm sitting in one of the meetings and a comment was made that people in apartments don't have kids. And I said, I don't think that's true because <laughs> I was a kid in an apartment and a lot of kids I know were in apartments. And so where do those numbers come from? Because this was a data analysis that was presented and an assumption that went into how we did our forecasts around how many classrooms would be needed in a specific area. And the reply was, well, we take general survey, but they said we, we, we take a, a, an assessment of all of the areas in Cobb County. I was like, well, did we break that down by zip code? Or did we break that down by school district? Because I'm sure that the trends look different 
depending on which type of apartments, even by cost of apartment, I'm sure the trends look different. Mm -hmm. And the response was, you know, oh, well, maybe we'll do that next time. <laughs> but where it has a big impact is that that means that in an area that has higher density development around it, we're consistently going to underrepresent how many classrooms are needed for that area. Mm -hmm. Just truth. And so, so you got that insight by being on the SPLOST Oversight Committee. So what have you learned from running the campaigns for, and your own campaign, plus volunteering as a SPLOST Oversight member? How will that translate as a Cobb County Commissioner? And I want to say for District 2, but first, <laughs> How will that translate? Because we are, we are different from, you know, that's what makes our district unique. I mean, so, so what's your answer to that? So how does it transition? I mean, at the end of the day, like what do you, what you learned and how are you going to apply it as a commissioner to help serve for my interest is these covers? How is it going to help us? By having, right. I mean, I know. How is, it, how is it that what you've learned right in your, in your campaign experience and as a volunteer at the SPLOST Oversight Committee, how, how is what you've learned there gonna help you serve us East Cobbers as our new Cobb County Commissioner? Absolutely, um, I mean, like I said, when, it, when we talk about how our budget gets allocated, how taxes get communicated, um, how we spend our money, how we look at the projects and the growth, how we deal with balanced growth, uh, making sure that we are, we are focused on, I, I will share this, the, the thing that I'm focused on is one, retaining the idea of home, right? But that's safety, stability, and leading a life of significance. Mm -hmm. And knowing mm -hmm. that that is something that's core to District 2, but also as a county, because mind you, everything that comes up before the Board of Commissioners is a countywide thing. There are countywide impacts. So this is where I believe that I can help bridge that gap to make sure that my voice is representing District 2 and that my vote looks at the county for what it is that we can do that makes sense so that a balance can be maintained throughout. So like I said, my, my focus is safety, stability, and the sense of significance. Um, I like one of the things, for instance, when we talk about balanced growth, one of the things that I really care about is the balance with density. I love the idea that there's space, that there's canopy cover, that there's a lot of residential areas. I mean, we all decided to live here for a reason and stay here for a reason. And so um, in order to maintain that balance, though, there are different communities that do want more density and some that want less. And so one of the studies that hasn't been done that I want to make sure happens is a density desirability index. And this is instead of doing a projection based upon what we need, it's a projection based upon what is desired by certain neighborhoods. And then to conduct more master planning sessions so that we can truly chart something out. I want to bring East Cobb's voice into the fold of what's happening all around the county, just like I want to bring what's happening all around the county's voice into East Cobb, because that's the only way that we're going to properly prepare ourselves, because the change is going to come, and we are either going to deny it and be swallowed by it, 
or we can all have the conversation and talk about it and then everybody can hear whatever where everyone's coming from and we can move forward in a way that is that that makes everybody happy um, and that is that making everybody happy piece. Most people are like, what does that even mean? I'm like, this is what I'm good at is <laughs> the collaboration side. That is probably my greatest skill set is being able to bring a bunch of opinionated people to a room and getting them to agree to one vision and be excited about it because it doesn't, I don't uh, compromise. I feel it is your last resort. The best thing is to figure out what is the real solution that can truly satisfy where everyone's coming from. Compromise is when you run out of ideas, <laughs> you can't come up with a real solution. He's like, okay, well, let's just compromise on something. But okay. before we get there, if we can get innovative, if we can get empathetic and have real conversation, I know that we can maintain that balance. Like I said, compromise is always on the table. <laughs> so when you say conversations, how are you going to encourage? Um conversations are you going to have town hall meetings are you going to do e-newsletters emails all the, all the above there are about 13 different things that i think um we need to do from a community engagement standpoint so i don't know if you had a chance to look at the website um for the campaign but it's extremely expensive <laughs> in terms of what it is that i am looking to bring uh, put in place uh, but community involvement is a huge component. Like I talk about, you know, connecting Cobb is the platform, but the pillars are empowerment, innovation, and live work play. And empowerment is about bringing different voices into the context. It's increasing our grant. It's um, so that people have access to different opportunities. It's making sure that there are community engagement opportunities. So I refer to them as by town halls it's not a town hall where I just go there and tell you things updates but it's a real dialogue um, and we have uh, real conversations about some specific items I don't know if you, if you ever watch any of the virtual town halls that I did during the campaign that would be an example of something that is super engaging um, but we definitely did we did a town hall with pretty almost um, every elected official that crosses over with district 2 and um, several of the candidates obviously on the Democratic side. Uh, we wanted to do some more with Republican side, but I think we'll have uh, more of that now that I'm in the official role. Uh, but definitely having that dialogue from all levels because it's not just about county commission, you know, me doing my thing, but also working with the other commissioners, uh, but also with the commission working with the cities, working with the school board, working with the state legislature, the Cobb delegation, working with the federal government as well, our, our federal representatives as well. That kind of coordination bears well for our county. Um, and then, so yeah, so bi-directional town halls, multilingual um, rollouts of different things so that more people can be a part of the conversation and actually share what issues they're, they're running into as well. Um, it also includes how we structure our databases. Basically, when you move here, um, this is actually something that came from a voter, but uh, welcome to Cobb County Packet, where you get you get introduced to everything that we have available to you and all of the perks of being a part of the county. Um, so those are just different examples of some of the items, but making sure that meetings are very accessible, that's a big one, um, which honestly I shared is one of the few silver linings of the pandemic is that our meetings became more 
you know, virtual <laughs> and it was easier for people to give public comment and all that kind of stuff. Um, and with it, you saw an increase in participation. So they're just, um, we know that putting these measures in place will increase that engagement. Um, the time of day when you have the sessions, all of that stuff factors into who's available to be there. So. Well, I'm yeah. sure you know that East Cobb is, a, has a lot of Republicans in them. In, in yes. The area. And so how does a Democrat <laughs> going to represent uh, at least the East Cobb area where it's mostly Republican. How do you face that challenge? So this is where we get to build bridges in deep waters. That's what I refer to it as. Um, it's easy to build a bridge in a shallow water. You just throw a plank across it. But I have a lot of confidence in our people and in our communities. And when I see people, I don't see red and blue. I see a person with your own experiences, your own perspectives, motivations, and it's all valid. But everyone has to feel ready to, to, to engage. And, you know, at the end of the day, I still have to represent you. <laughs> so it only benefits you to have that conversation, to have that dialogue. And I will say there will be a surprise in a couple of weeks um, where you'll get a chance to see how we can begin building that bridge and making sure that everyone feels represented. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that's really what it was. I think that's that's really what it takes. It, there's no there's no shortcut to building bridges in deep waters. Right now, there's a lack of trust. Um, there's a, a lot of disinformation, and I want I want our communities to be immune to disinformation. I want us to be able to see it and say that's not true. <laughs> Spin is a little bit different. Obviously, you can frame there's different perspectives about issues, but when something is just not true at all we have to be able to discern that and that's a very difficult skill that's a very difficult determination and so i, I really want to make sure that as a community we are well equipped because that's going to protect us from anything in the future that tries to take advantage of our communities mm -hmm. well it looks like, like i've run out of time for this podcast but i really want to thank you jerica and I wish you well as our new Cobb County Commissioner. I hope to see you around a lot in East Cobb. Feel free to reach out to me and uh, I'm sure East Cobbers will welcome you too. Absolutely, I just, please keep me in your prayers. I mean, that is, that is what we do. Keep me in your prayers. Thank you. Good luck to you.